Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. To those of you online, Happy New Year. It's great to see you, or it's great for you to see me, rather. I can't really see you. But we're glad that you are here with us, whether you're tuning in online or you're in person. Happy New Year. Who's glad that it's 2021? You know, I know so many people who were counting down the minutes for when 2020 would end. And here we are, we're in 2021. And today we're going to be talking about something that I think is going to be needed, especially as we kick off the beginning of this year. Because, you know, sometimes circumstances change and sometimes they don't. But how we live in the midst of them will determine if we thrive or not. See, the reality is not much has changed in the last three days, but your spirit can change. And if your spirit shifts, everything around you begins to shift. You know, they, as Nate said on the screen, I'm our executive pastor and I get asked a lot, what does that actually mean? And I said, I don't know, I'll let you know. But one of the, the things that it means is that my job is to set our staff up to flourish in what they do. Our staff is incredible, are they not? They do an incredible job of serving our church and our city. And my job is to just help them flourish in their job. And sometimes part of helping somebody flourish is reminding them of their boundaries. Andrew Weibel, our beloved college pastor, has been dubbed the pastor of fun. I have been dubbed the pastor of no fun because it is my job to remind our team of boundaries. Like, yes, that's a great idea. We would love to do that. How? With what? Maybe we focus here and I actually love boundaries. I love clarity. I love focus because it helps us know what is most important to run after. It helps us to stay focused on what God has called us to do. It helps us to remain clear. It helps us to remind us of what really matters. And today, I want to help us come back to that. You know, the first three days of this new year, for many of us, have been over the, a holiday weekend. You know, obviously, Friday was the first weekend happens. Monday, tomorrow, the fourth, really feels like the beginning of the new year for many of us. Kids are getting ready to go back to school. Maybe you're going back to work for the first time. So it hasn't quite felt like that shift has taken place yet. But it's going to take place tomorrow. And we want to set ourselves up to step into tomorrow ready to flourish, ready to thrive, reminding ourselves of what truly matters. See, and how we do that today is by choosing our words wisely. Today, we're going to be talking about our words, the power of our words, the power of our speech, what we say, and how much it matters. I believe that most of us would agree that words have power. Words have power for good, and they have power for destruction. You know, growing up, I, I had allergies pretty severely as a kid, and you know, it would affect me in all sorts of ways. My eyes would get all red and I'd get itchy and I'd get these weird rashes on my elbows that were extremely painful. But the, the, the most infamous thing that would happen is my nose would begin to run like a faucet. It's gross, I know, but it would happen. And because I was a kid and kids are clever, 
you know, my, my name is Chris Otts. I got dubbed Chris Snots. I know, I know. It was low-hanging fruit as a, as a kid, and so they just went for it. You know, as an adult, I've learned to, to move past that moment and laugh at it, but I've recognized that those words still had power, and what they did is they created something in me. They created insecurities in me. I carry a handkerchief wherever I go. I'm not joking. Every day I carry these. My wife buys them for me in prettier colors because she's like, you're going to carry them. And I carry them not because I need it, but because of an insecurity that was developed within me. And now it's just become habit and I like them. But I started it because I was Chris Snots. Because a word got spoken. I'd also developed a a deep aversion to people touching my face, specifically my nose, which I actually don't think is a problem. I don't think you should go around touching people's faces. But some people disagree. And so, you know, these things actually come in handy every now and then. And they keep people from touching your face. But see, words have power. Words say something. They speak something. They mark something. How we talk to ourselves. How we talk in and about our circumstances. What we say to others. Those words have significant power. You know, if we were here in 2021, but if we go back to moment one, the beginning when God created It was with a word that he spoke. I mean, think about it. God spoke in the sun, the moon. And talk about the greatest throwaway line ever, the stars. It just like breezes by that moment. God spoke in the stars, billions of stars in our galaxy, which is just one of many galaxies. God spoke it, and in a word, something happened. Words have power. They have the power to create life. They have the power to create death. Proverbs 18, 21. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. You know, my my story about... My nose, Chris Snots, is, it's funny, it's clever, it's, you know, it's a, it's a joke. I'm an adult. I've moved on past it, obviously. <laughs> you know, it's, but really what it does is it shows us the power of what a negative word can do. But I want us to look today at what a positive word can do. I want us to look at what positive self-talk, like talking to ourselves, saying, talk to me, talk to me, self Let's say something good. Talk to my circumstances. Let's say something good. Let me talk to someone else. Let's see what can happen when the words that we speak are what Proverbs 18 says, words of life. Let's see what the fruit of a word of life can happen. And so we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 16. If you brought a Bible or if you have a phone, open up to Acts chapter 16. It's going to be our anchor passage that we're sitting in today. And it's an incredible story that takes place. One of my favorite stories to actually read in the scripture. See, what happens is there are two dudes, two buddies, two friends, two traveling companions. Paul and Silas are traveling around. They're sharing about Jesus wherever they go. And they have this moment. 
It's not necessarily the, the, the highlight moment for them. At least it doesn't appear to be going that way. See, they get tossed in prison for really no reason other than just these kind of things followed Paul. You ever have a friend like that where things, no matter what they do, kind of just go sideways? They can do the right thing in the right time and still end up in jail. You know, this is Paul's life. He does the right thing in the right moment and he ends up in jail. And let's kick it off in verse 16. Verse 16 of Acts 16, it says, Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. And she followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Sounds like she's saying a good thing, but you know, somebody can say the right thing in the wrong way and it can totally distract from everything you're trying to do. That's what's happening. So she kept it up for many days. And finally, one of my favorite lines in the scriptures, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and he said to the spirit, underline that, he didn't say to her, he said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. I mean, it's incredible. It starts off incredible, this story. Paul speaks a word. He, he declares freedom and someone gets set free in that moment. But not everybody was real happy about this. See, this was a slave. She had masters. It tells us that she made a lot of money for those masters. And you know, you, you start messing with people's money and, and you start to see what comes out. And what came out of these guys is revenge. So they, they call the local leaders. They have Paul and Silas thrown into jail for no reason. They make up a story and Paul and Silas get tossed into jail. And we pick up in verse 23. It says, after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell. That's like um, solitary confinement. Puts them in there and fastened their feet into the stocks. Sounds like things just keep getting worse. The circumstances just keep piling up. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Does that sound like the last year? Every time you turn on the news, something new has happened. And you're like, oh my gosh, not only did they get thrown in jail, they've been flogged. Now they're in the solitary. Now they're locked up. For all us introverts, they're being guarded closely. That's the worst. Things just keep piling up. And it's in that moment that our words matter the most. When things keep piling up, when you're not sure which way it's going to go, listen to how Paul and Silas respond. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors opened. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, do not harm yourself. 
We're all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your whole household. It's a remarkable story. And every time I read it, it reminds me of the power of what I say. It reminds me of the power of what I say to myself, how I talk to me. And sometimes the way I talk is not just in the words that are coming out of my mouth, it's the thoughts that I'm having. What's the soundtrack? What's the loop that's playing? How do I talk about my circumstances that I'm in? How do I talk about the situations that feel like they're out of my control? Because they are. How do I talk about them? What do I say about them? What do I say in them? What do I say about myself in them? And then how do I talk to others? Not just about others, but how do I talk to them? How do I speak to them? See, because how I speak has fruit that gets born out of it. Remember, Proverbs 18 says, In the tongue there is the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The words we speak bear fruit, depending on what we say. So we have to learn as we step into a new season where maybe not many circumstances have changed, that we can, we can choose how our spirit responds in the midst of it. We can choose the words that we say. We can choose how we talk to ourselves, about ourselves, and ourselves. We can choose what we say about our circumstances. We can choose what we say to others. And it begins with me. It begins with where I am right here. Paul and Silas, flogged, thrown in jail, in solitary, guarded closely. They're in shackles. They find themselves in a difficult spot. Circumstances are not going well. But what do they do? They begin to pray and sing to themselves. The, the self-talk they begin to have is not woe is me but it is praise to you. You know, I found myself a few years ago, you know, our family had gone out to dinner. My wife, Christy, and I have been married for over 16 years. We have four kids. Uh, the oldest is 15, and they're, they're amazing. And we'd gone out to dinner. We'd had a blast hanging out together, and we're driving home, and we're just jamming out in the car. You know, that moment where you everybody knows the words to the song, which is remarkable in our household because, you know, from seven to almost 40, we all knew the song, the words to the same song. And so it's turned up and we are singing loud and we're having a great time. But then a lyric hits me. A lyric hits me and the loop begins to play in my mind. The loop begins to play that you're not enough. You're never going to be enough. You're just a failure. And everything you do is not going to work out. And because a word, because of a lyric, because of a song that, that caught. You ever catch a thought and it's the wrong thought and you can't seem to escape it? It just started to loop. It started to loop. I stopped singing. Everyone else is still going. No one seems to notice because I'm just driving. I'm dad. I'm dad in the mode right there. And I'm just not singing anymore, but I'm internally spiraling because of the talk that's going on in my head. 
get home, get kids to bed, get myself to bed, and it doesn't stop. Go to sleep. And you notice what you go to sleep thinking on is what will follow you into your sleep. And it just keeps going there. And I wake up in the morning and the thought is just still rolling. That soundtrack has been put on repeat and I just can't get out of it. I'm spiraling quick. We've all been there before. We've all been in that moment where word hooked us and we just can't seem to escape it. And we're just there. What do you do? You gotta shift the song. You gotta shift what's being said. Thankfully, I remembered that a friend of mine had given me a sheet of paper that had about 50 scriptures written on it about who God says that I am. So I dug it up and I read it and then I read it again and then I read it again and then I read it again. About about a dozen times I read it until it began to shift the song that was playing in my spirit because how I talk to myself will shape how I do everything else. So I had to rewrite what was being said. I had to start speaking something new in me. My inner world had to shift. Regardless of what was going on around me, regardless of what I was feeling, I had to start speaking something new because what I say to myself, it'll bear fruit. The tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. So when I start speaking death over myself, I will eat dead fruit. If I start speaking life to myself, I'll start finding life stirring up. And that's where Paul and Silas were. They're locked in prison. Things aren't going well, but their their inner world conversation is one of Prayer and praise. God, you're good. God, you're moving. Other people are watching. They're experiencing what has happened, but their situations haven't shifted. The situation hasn't shifted, but they have. They have shifted. For some of us, that's the word today. Things haven't shifted. Circumstances haven't changed yet. Diagnosis hasn't gotten any better. It's gotten worse. Problems, the relationship struggle that you're feeling, it's not gotten any better yet. Finances have not just magically poured in. There are still troubles. There are still circumstances that are causing you to be in tension. But the inner world conversation can start shifting how you see those circumstances and what you start saying about those circumstances. You can start saying, this is about to turn for good. See, what happened is Paul and Silas, their inner world was getting rocked. And their outer world was about to start shifting too. Now, it didn't always feel like that was what was coming because you know what happened next? Remember back in the story, it says an earthquake hit. I bet when that started happening, many people's first thought was, praise God, earthquake earthquake is happening. See, sometimes the beginning of breakthrough doesn't feel like a breakthrough. Sometimes it feels like a shaking. 
I think that's a word for, for some of us in the room today. That God has promised you breakthrough. This year, he has spoken to you already. He's saying breakthrough is coming for you. What I want to encourage you to do is don't start running when the shaking starts happening. Because what it's about to bring is prison doors flying open and shackles falling off. An earthquake started happening. They worshiped and prayed. And God started moving. It was an earthquake. It didn't seem like the beginning of a breakthrough. But what happened afterwards was the doors flew open for freedom. I believe for many of you that that is what's going to happen this year. And if you'll endure the shaking, if you'll look at your circumstance, when you feel like things, are they just going to get worse? Because that's what the shaking feels like. Like put ourselves in that situation. Sometimes it helps me to just remind myself, okay, these are real people in real moments sitting in prison and then the shaking starts happening. When that shaking starts happening in your life, choose your words wisely. Say, God, this is the beginning of the breakthrough. God, this is the beginning of the doors flying open. God, this is the beginning of the shackles falling off. God, you're about to do something great. You're about to do something marvelous. God, you're about to move. Let what you say determine how you see your circumstances. God's about to bring breakthrough. But when it doesn't feel like breakthrough, choose your words wisely. Speak life. Say, God, you're gonna move. God, this is the beginning. This is the beginning of you turning something for good in my life. See, because there, there's people watching. This is, you know, a lot of times we, at least when I read the Bible, I tend to look first at me. I look at myself. I look at my circumstances. And that's very normal for all of us. Because God loves us and he wants to speak to us. But I try to, to leave every time I read or I'm praying, I try to, to not just end looking at me. I even try to just take a moment to go, okay, God, there are other people in this world. I know sometimes I can get stuck on me, but there are other people. God, help me to see other people today. How does this impact them? How does what you're doing impact them? The reality is we see multiple times throughout this passage that others were watching. Others were watching. They are watching what Paul and Silas were doing. They are watching how they were responding, what they were saying. They were watching them. And we don't always like to recognize it. But people are watching. People are waiting to hear what we have to say. You may not feel like someone's waiting to hear what you have to say, but I want you to know someone is. There's someone in your life. Maybe they're near. Maybe they're far. Maybe they're watching what you're saying online. Maybe they're, what they're, you're, they're watching what you're saying in just conversation. You know, as a parent, as a spouse, as a friend, as a coworker, as an employee, people are watching what we're saying. And what they're needing us to say is a word of life. 
what they're longing to hear from us is a word of hope. What they're hoping that we've done is eaten the fruit of life. And so what comes out of us is more life. Jump back into our story here. The jailer. Everything's starting to turn for Paul and Silas. Everything's starting to get good. But it wasn't getting good for the jailer. Where their thing had turned for good, his had just turned for the negative. See, this jailer's situation, is his, it was his job to keep them locked up. It was his job to keep them in those shackles. It was his job to make sure the doors didn't fly open. And so when they did, it was going to cost him big. It was going to cost him his life. See, dial that back to our lives. When we lift our heads up and we start to see people around us, what we'll see is people walking through trouble. No matter what's going on in your life, the, the greatest things could have happened. The breakthrough could, could have been opened up. You could see the prison doors fly open of your life. You can see the chains falling off. But if we'll lift our eyes up, what we'll find is somebody around us is walking through some trouble. Somebody around us is walking through some pain. And they need somebody that's going to recognize it. Need somebody that's going to stop and say, hey, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. This is going to pass. You know, sometimes we don't say what needs to be said because we think it feels like contrite. Oh, I don't want to say the, that sounds so like cliche. It's going to be okay. Or, hey, I'm here. I'm with you. We're going to get through this. We don't say it because we don't feel like it's, it's good enough. It's not clever enough. It's, it's not flashy enough. Let me encourage you, say it. Next time you find somebody in trouble, next time you see a friend in pain, next time your spouse is walking through something, next time your kids are in a, in a struggle, look at them and say, I'm with you. We got this. We're going to be okay. Because you've been in that moment too. And rarely what you remember is the wise word that someone said. What you'll remember is what that person made you feel. And we just choose to say the simple word. I've got you. I'm with you. I'm not going anywhere. We can do this. This is going to pass. What they remember is the life that you just spoke into them. That's what Paul is, that's what Proverbs is talking about. Proverbs didn't say there is the ability to speak the wisest, most elegant word. It said just speak life. Those who love it will eat its fruit. The fruit of speaking a kind word to somebody in a place of pain is life being birthed in them. It's that simple. Let's demystify what people need. People need somebody to be with them this day more than ever. Like the reality is, is we have become more disconnected, more isolated 
through the course of this last year than ever before. What people need is connection. What people need is kindness. People need us to speak the word of life. If we'll just look up and say, it's going to be okay. I'm going to be with you. We're going to get through it. And people will begin to experience the fruit of life. You know, honestly, I look around and what I see is people wanting to step in to something new. Wanting to step into a new season. And typically when we say that, we're talking about new circumstances. But what I want to encourage us to do today is say, it's not about my circumstances. It's about my spirit. It's about what I choose to say. It's about what I choose to believe. Because if I will start choosing to say the right thing, then I'll start seeing something totally different. There's a passage, I don't have it, on, I didn't tell them to, to look this up, but in 2 Kings chapter 6, there's a passage where Elisha and his servant are in a moment and they're surrounded. They're surrounded by an army. Elisha is this prophet of the Lord and everything he does brings brings life to the kingdom of Israel and troubles their enemies. And so they come to try to take him out. And his servant is freaking out because they're surrounded by an army. And Elisha prays and he says, God, I I pray that you would help him to see. He speaks some words and says, I pray that you would help him to see. I pray that you would shift what he's seeing. With his words, he says something. And the servant opens his eyes. And he no longer sees just the army that was surrounding them. It was an army against two. Not great odds. But he speaks this word and he opens up his eyes and God allows him to see differently. And what he sees is the army of God surrounding them, fighting for them, ready to bring breakthrough, ready to bring help, ready to bring healing, ready to bring restoration. What is it that you are believing for? What is it that you're looking for? I want to tell you, it begins with what comes out of here. This year, it's not about always what's going to happen out there. It begins with what happens right here. Now, we're going to believe for God to do incredible things in circumstances. We're going to believe for God to shift things, for for earthquakes to happen and doors to fly open and prison walls to fall down. We're going to believe for all of it, but it begins right here. It begins with the soundtrack that I begin to speak to myself. What am I going to say? What am I going to speak? What words am I going to declare? And that's what I want to encourage us to lean into. 
is what word am I going to say that's going to speak a word of life? A life, word of life to me? A word of life about my circumstances? And a word of life to someone else? Because I need it. You need it. And they need it. Take it back to Proverbs 18. The tongue has the power of life and of death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. My question just for us as we respond today, as we just think, okay, how do I step into my Monday? How do I step into my new year? Is what kind of fruit do you want to eat? What kind of fruit do you want to eat? What word do you need to say over yourself? What word do you need to say as you step into work tomorrow? What relationships do you need to start speaking life over? What relationships do you need to start declaring God's doing something good here? See, because like I said, it really feels like for many of us, the new year begins tomorrow. Monday happens. If you've got kids, they're going to start going back to school. Many of us are going to be going back to work. The kind of holiday feeling is going to shift. And what we're going to run into is that circumstances haven't changed. But our spirit can and it won't happen passively. Let me, let me just land there. Our spirit won't change passively. We don't just drift that way. Do you ever find yourself just drifting? It rare, we rarely drift to positivity, to life, to hope. We drift to negative. We drift to despair. It's with intentionality that we choose to say, no, I'm going to begin to speak life. Maybe for you, it's before you leave this room, writing down a phrase that you're going to declare every day this week. Maybe it's setting a reminder in your phone. Maybe it's texting a friend and saying, hey, I'm working on speaking life this week. Would you help me? but it's with intentionality that we're gonna to begin to see our spirit shift. Like it's not gonna happen passively. So I wanna encourage you, whether you're in the room or you're online, before you get up, before you move to the next thing, pause, take an intentional moment and say, what is it, what's it gonna take for me to choose to eat the fruit of life? to let positivity be what I'm speaking over. This is not the power of positive speaking. This is the word of God. There is power. The tongue has the power of life and of death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. It's what fruit do I want to eat? What do I want to live? What do I want coming out of me? As we get ready to to stand and worship and, and respond, I want to encourage you that as we sing,
Take an intentional moment to ask yourself, what's my, what's my response today? It doesn't have to look like anybody else's. It's your response to choose to say, all right, God, I'm going to let the, the fruit of life come out of me today. Would you go ahead and stand with me? You know, if you're either here in the room or watching online, you know, there's something that happened at the end of our story in Acts chapter 16 is the the jailer saw what happened and he asked a question of Paul and Silas and he said, what must I do to be saved? I see what's happening with you. Something totally different. What must I do to be saved? And maybe you're asking that question today. And if you are, I want to just tell you, it's, it's just as simple as what Paul said. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Today, you can make a choice to say, I choose to put my faith in Jesus and who he says that he is. The Bible tells us if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he'll wash us clean of our sin and we'll be saved. And so I wanna give you an opportunity to do that, whether you're in the room or online, just take a moment, let's just bow our heads for a moment of reflection so that we can respond. But if you're here saying, you know what, what must I do to be saved? I encourage you to confess with your mouth, just say with your words. We've been talking about the power of what we say. Say, God, I believe Jesus is who he says he was. And I choose to give my life to follow him. I need you to wash me clean of my sin. I want to follow you. Our words have power. And those words have power. If you spoke words like that today, God just did something in you that'll never be changed. God, we thank you. God, we thank you that that you spoke a word of life to us. And so we get to live. So God, we pray that today we would experience you again, speaking life into us, and we would in turn respond by speaking life. We would speak life over ourselves. God, for every one of us that is at a loop of negative self-talk going in our heads, God, we pray that that loop would be broken today, that we would hear you speaking and we would begin to speak with it, that we're loved, that you're for us, that there's purpose and possibility for our lives. God, we're asking that the fruit of life is what we would experience today. And we pray it in Jesus' name.